Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer with you at uh, 107 in Edmonton. Uh, this is Oilers Now. David Staples, John Shannon coming up. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results uh, for over 35 years. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan at Brendan Escott. will tell you all season long, the Oilers Now injury report is brought Brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, ironic on a day like today, Trent Brown, a star football player for Jim Donlevy at the University of Alberta as a cornerback, would go on and play, uh, win a Grey Cup 1993, was a CFL All-Star at safety. Trent Brown and Jim Brown want to wish you all the best. Again, um, the angle that might be out there from people that would work at a university would say, we've had to take this course of action because of the UCP cuts to education and um, and their demand for financial prudence during these times. And if you've not heard, uh, last week uh, the fall sports season uh, got suspended for the year, for the 2021, and uh, just now U of A Athletics has announced that hockey, basketball, and volleyball men's and women's have been suspended for 2021 and again uh a university angle on that might be that uh, this is all their direct response of ucp cuts of course many of you would sit there and say well it's not surprising that there's cuts the economy's not exactly in the best place others might suggest that there has been um for 20 plus years um a lack of true passion from several in university administration to support their own, their, their student athletes. That might be another perspective that's out there. Somewhere in the middle might be the actual truth. I don't know. Let's bring aboard, uh, the, I believe he is the, uh, president of the David Suzuki fan club. Just kidding. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. David, they took issue with the fact that I mentioned that the university had gone through a little bit of a donation drop after granting uh, David Suzuki an uh, honorary degree. I know uh, people that are in the development offices at the respective University of Alberta, those are pretty good jobs for guys to have. And uh, numbers did drop a bit. Were you surprised that that occurred in the province of Alberta, given what was going on during that time? Not in the least. So just a terrible, terrible thing to honor Suzuki at that moment. Um, 
he speaks out repeatedly demonizing the Alberta oil sands in the harshest possible terms. He's really unfair. Um, and for at that time, we were having and we continue to have trouble building pipelines because this industry has been demonized by U.S.-funded activist groups and, um, you know, singled out in the world as the big bad, which is really totally ridiculous and unfair. And uh, to honor Suzuki at the time, he had every right to do it. They can honor whoever they want. But people who donate money to the University of Alberta have every right to donate money if they want. It's a free country. And I think when a lot of people saw that, they just thought, what the hell is this university doing? Where Where is their head right now? And, you know, maybe at a different time, obviously at a different time, it might have been fine to honor David Suzuki. He's, he's had a respectable career as a scientist and as a public communicator. But his work on the oil sands has is, is been unfair. He's demonized it, and for people to be upset that U of A uh, honored uh, him is perfectly justified. To withhold gen- uh, donations, perfectly justified. We have people that are texting the show saying it's kind of ironic. You have people up, you know, people saying, "Well, it's they're they're being cut because the UCP has cut funding." Yet some of these people would be the same people that would be out there protesting the industries that have supported the province's coffers in the first place. Now, many will make the argument that the province just, you know, they just pissed away too much money and that's why it should have never been in this position in the first place uh, I, I think that again uh, somewhere there, there's a gray in a lot of different areas out there in society right now David so uh, it, it, it's certainly the the timing of what I'm stunned that they're doing this on June the 17th like why they could not have taken a little bit more time uh, given that they weren't going to be starting up until January 1st I don't know um, and it harkens me back to when they cut the football program back in, I think it was 1991. Uh, maybe it was 19, uh, what was Don Levy's last year? would have been 90. They brought Wilkie in in 91, and that jump-started a heavy private donation route. And I'm wondering whether or not they're looking to go. I mean, the, the fact is they have had companies step up for them and big, well, ATB Financial stepped up huge for the Golden Bears hockey program over the last five or six years. You know, they've they've been good corporate partners for that group. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but it's really disappointing that it's occurred. I will say that. But I'm not surprised, David. I'm not surprised knowing what's happening uh, with how polarized issues have become at schools because, David, people don't it seems like people don't want to work together anymore. You know what I'm saying? Well, Bob, isn't this really... I mean, the whole funding thing strikes me as a bit of a red herring, honestly. Like, aren't there a lot of people who would donate to keep this program going? Isn't the real issue the COVID... um, Whether whether you can have a league at all right now, I mean, we don't know if there's going to be an NHL season next year, if it's not going to be maybe till January or February. And there's just all... Like, we don't know what's going to happen in minor hockey. Is there going to be a minor hockey season? Um, I just think the whole issue is, is there going to be a season? Like, could there be a season? Maybe the Golden Bears could even raise the money to play, but there's not going to be, uh, there's not going to be other teams that will play because of COVID. So I, I do see a lot of uncertainty. Maybe they could have waited for this decision, but I mean, if they, if they are tying it to, to provincial funding, I mean, man, we, we have a $20 billion deficit this year, coming up bob it's the biggest deficit in alberta history and the idea that people in the pub- private sector are going to take five ten twenty percent pay cuts if they can get work and the public sector isn't going to be affected is a non-starter i think it's it's there's going to be 
I think it's only fair, it's only ethical for there to be a shared pain approach to the cuts that are coming up. Everyone's going to have to take a bit of a hit or a big hit, and people already are in the private sector. So I don't think they're going to, if they think they're going to get a lot of uh, sympathy by bl- blaming the government, well, I'd, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe we can't all take a shared pain approach because that's not in the cards anymore. Maybe we're all in our own little silos and we're not oh, I hope willing not. to kind of pull together. Uh, but I, I hope not. Oh, the best people out there, they're not afraid of people with different views. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't have to have everybody think like them. You can extend that metaphor for how hockey organizations run. You know what? If you have a, a scout that completely counters you and you're the HUD scout, suck it up, buttercup. That's good for an organization instead of having, you know, group think where everybody goes down the same silo together. So, anyhow, which, speaking of scouting, uh, there were Oilers-specific topics, staples from the cult of hockey, but he also writes COVID for the Edmonton Journal as well. Um, he wanted to talk about the Nail Yakupov draft in 2012, and then I'm going to clarify some uh, perspectives that are out there. But have at it. The floor is yours. Well, it came up this weekend, Bob, because Yakupov, uh, got sold, and it looks like some kind of salary cap thing. So, when he when he goes to a new team, he he will be with his sixth team in the last six seasons, and it just got me reflecting on Yakupov. And as a first overall pick, where does he rank overall um, among first overall picks? And so, since 1969, all the best players have been in the NHL draft. And I went through the list, Bob, and and honestly, there's two guys who stand out at this point as being the worst, uh, the most disappointing, I would put, most disappointing first overall picks of all time, Yakupov and Greg Jolly. Now, I should say that, like, obviously all of these players are outstanding players. And even Yakupov and Jolly had some success in the NHL. Yakupov had the one good year, the rookie year, and Greg Jolly had a kind of a couple okay years. But I, I think a strong argument can be made, unfortunately, that Yakupov, was the most disappointing first overall pick of all time. He he played the least uh, games other than Gord Kluzak, who was who was you know really injured. Who was a fantastic hockey player, but got injured. Yakupov played the least amount of games. He he hardly he didn't score much. He bounced around from team to team. He got chances with other teams. He didn't make it with Edmonton. Didn't make it with anyone else. And he was out of the league quickly. So it's it's a real shame because I was a huge fan of Yakupov and rooting for. Did him. you support the? Did you were you like, hey, they got to take Yakupov number one for the draft? Were you that guy? At the time, I with I, I should say with like I think I did a poll. We did the cult of hockey did a poll. I think it was like ninety percent. With ninety yeah. percent of other Oilers fans, I was huge, very enthusiastic. Scotty Bowman compared him to uh, Valerie Bur- uh, yeah, Harlemov. Yeah, to Pavel Bure. I I Pavel Bure. And yeah. so you get that kind of comparison, and it's like, and I we all watched him at the World Junior Championship. He looked like Pavel Bure. So, um, yeah, I was I was totally on side with it. I will tell you right now uh, that you know I was obviously a host on this show, and there was way more support in that draft year for Neil Yakupov from the fans. It was may, way more unified than it was for Taylor Hall in 2010 or Ryan Nugent Hopkins for 2011. There was much more debate Taylor-Tyler in 2010. A lot of people wanted the center, even though Sagan has played a fair amount of wing during his career. Uh, and then in 2011, some people thought Landeskog. Some people, there were actually a few people that thought Gabranson. Not a lot of the analytics types, but there were a few people that thought Gabranson uh, in 2011. Uh, no, sorry, Gabranson was 2000, Adam Lars in 2011. In 2012, 
12. Like, you said it was 90 to 10. Um, I know this, like, Ryan Murray was not a sexy uh, guy in the eyes of the fans. And uh, I, it, it's, I, I'm glad you mentioned that you were, you know, you're upfront and honest about it because I've been wrong lots on players before, and I'm stunned that it didn't work out better for Neil Yakupov, especially at the end of, at the end of that first full season with Ralph Kruger, too, David. Like, he scored five goals in his final two games to get to 17 goals on the season. He led the Oilers in goal scoring in 12-13. He looked like he was going to become a player, and it just didn't come to fruition. He hustled. He had a great shot. But he just did in the end he didn't he didn't seem to have that extra step like to play that super uh, finesse game like to be that top line forward he just wasn't fast enough or quick enough to get it done like we see Yamamoto is similar he's slightly smaller than Yakupov but he he just has that speed to get in there and Yakupov seemed to lack that in the end it's a shame you know in that draft year Bob if Morgan Riley had been healthy all year I suspect he would have risen to the top. But because he only played, I think, 20 or 30 games, that skewed the draft. And Galchenyuk, the other really top player, um, was also injured. So, um, yeah, the analytics guys like Yakupov, everybody liked Yakupov, except apparently some some of the Oilers scouts didn't like him too much. I think Mark Spector's done some reporting on this, that a lot of the Oilers scouts didn't want Yakupov. Well, there was, you know, what's, several of those scouts' contracts were up. And uh, Steve Tamalini was the general manager. The Oilers drafted uh, a center and a winger. Maybe Steve thought the the safer play was to go with Ryan Murray. And again, I don't think, and the like in the fans, I think a lot of the fans did not want safe at that time. It's always been my belief, and my intel is pretty good on this, that the Oilers scouting staff couldn't even decide which defenseman was best. Okay. Oh yeah. So keep that in mind. All right, let's get to this. Um, Yes, a Pugliarvi. Uh, this came out last week, and you uh, weren't able to do the show last week. I think you were down in Banff. But uh, yeah. Yes, a Pugliarvi said, never say never. I believe that the course of action that Marcus Leto could take is to sign Pugliarvi to another year in Carpat with the NHL out clause. It's very easy to do. I think we'd be naive to believe that Ken Holland hasn't already spoken to Marcus Leto. Uh, could this be a win-win for the Oilers with Pugliarvi? It seems like they've stumbled into something that really could work for the player and for the organization. And so it's very, very heartening to hear Pugliarvi say that, to open that door. You know, Bob, if he had signed this year uh, with the Oilers, I don't think he'd be an Oiler right now. And I don't think the Oilers would have got good value for him. Uh, he, he had been injured. He had had the hip surgery. Uh, he had lost his confidence. He wasn't playing well. Like, and I can't speak for the internal dynamics of the team and how he got on with his teammates. But he didn't look like he fit in. And on the ice, and I can't speak for off the ice, but I don't think he. So they, they. I don't think he would have made the the orders this year. They needed to win now, and I don't think Pulyarvi would have actually been a good fit for that program. And so that means they would have had to waive him. They couldn't send him the HL. He he would have been on waivers, and another NHL team would have would have grabbed him if that was the choice. And I don't think they would have got very much for him in the trade. But now it may work out. He's going. He's got this great year in Finland. He's healthy. He's, he's in a good state of mind. He seems open to coming back to Doyle's possibly. He might play there a little bit more, possibly because of COVID, get even better, more confidence. When he comes back, he's going to be a different player, and he's going to come back to a different team where McDavid and Dreisaitl no longer are so keen, you know, determined to play together, but are willing to play on their own lines and lead their own lines. So that opens up. Opportunity for all kinds of wingers, and Pulleyarvi could be one of them. David, excellent stuff. How can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, at D Staples. Any alarm over the 
fact that we've had, uh, what, how many was it, uh, 193 positive tests since June the 1st. Of course, the province has done 25,000 tests in Edmonton. That's a 0.77% positivity rate. You know, hospitalization's not going up, Bob, and um, that's, the, that's the key number. Like, are we overtaxing our health care system or not? It seems to be uh, younger people who are far less in danger getting the disease. So, no, I'm not alarmed. It's expected when you open up society, you're going to get more people getting it. So long as we're protecting the really vulnerable people, we're doing our job. And they're testing a ton, which should be acknowledged. Yeah. More than double the rate of uh, BC right now per capita. Yeah, Thanks, fantastic. David. Thanks a lot. Uh, all right, I'm going to bang off some text here in our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in, says, Bob, as a U of A alumnus, I believe that uh, today's recent announcement about the university cutting uh, the fall athletics and now the winter seasons for uh, hockey, football, and volleyball, which was announced today, isn't because of the UCP reduction in funding. This is about a blotted organization that can't manage the university as a business and cuts these programs like all political organizations do to get public sympathy. I I hope it backfires and the University of Alberta just brings these programs back. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This one's going to get some people fired up. Uh, former defenseman Mark texts the show. I loved David Suzuki when I was a kid. I thought he was a hero for standing up for the environment. Then I grew up. He may have been a hero once, says former defenseman Mark. He's now a corporate shill and a hypocrite. If everyone lived as Suzuki did, the planet would be in the crapper. At least that would be the case if you looked at the carbon at his carbon footprint and are a fan of the uh uh, argument out there that the apocalypse is upon us. As for the U of A honoring them and offending donors, maybe. The reality is virtue signaling is expensive. Look no further than our Prime Minister. His virtue signaling has cost Canadian billions and could lead to a breakup of our nation. It sure has it fractured. That one comes to us from former defenseman Mark. So lots of different perspectives coming in. Uh, BH says, uh, Bob, Gord Kluzak, uh, you heard David reference him, Bob Rouse, uh, Billings Bighorns, WHL Rocky Trache is a first-round pick of the New Jersey Devils, Mark Lamb now up in Prince George, Brad Hammett. Uh, they were all together at the same time. That comes to us from BH. Uh, Gord Kluzak was good. 1988 playoffs against the Oilers. He was a stud for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Bob, Yakupov was a product of Eugenie Kuznetsov at uh, the World Junior Hockey Championship. That's the perspective of being shared. You know, Kuznetsov is a heck of a player. He is a heck of a player. Uh, This text comes in saying, stay away from Russians, plain and simple. See, I don't buy that because I judge each individual as an individual. I think it could have gone differently for Yakupov. I still think 75% is on the player, 25% is on the situation. Uh, Yak has to accept responsibility for the position his career went in, but I, I just don't buy stay away from all Russians, plain and simple. I don't. I, I can't think that way. It's just, I don't know, man. Make your own personal choices. I don't let other people tell me who my friends are. It's 125 at Edmonton. Uh, more with Oilers Now after this. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. Back to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Brew Crew says defenseman Mark is on Mark. COVID in Edmonton, question mark, says Brew Crew. How does the NHL not look at Edmonton? A tiny bit of COVID uh, post-reopen and a little civil unrest. Vegas is better, question mark. Come on, Gary Bettman. Edmonton is your huckleberry. 
for restarting the NHL. Wow, he's gone a little bit old school. It's an old school movie from back in the day. Pretty good Western. Not quite as good as Unforgiven, which was, for me, the, one of the greatest Westerns ever. You can always text us at 780-496-0063. Um, let's take care of this right now. Now that the retail world's starting to reopen, your friends at Brent Ridge Ford and Wachowski went hard at work. The entire inventory has been repriced to make it easier for you to get a new Ford. Get up to 18K off remaining 2019 F-350s, but hurry because there's only a few left. They've got Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even Rangers on sale. So reach out and call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Lend a hand uh, with them. They can certainly help you out by calling one 877 or visit brentridge.com. Uh, we'll continue down the path. John Shannon coming up. A little bit of hockey talk. We'll get to more of your texts. A lot of you chiming in on uh, the announcement today that uh, the University of Alberta, after cutting football for the season uh, last week, has made the decision hockey, basketball, and volleyball, winter sports seasons, uh, suspended for 2021. This is Oilers Now. Uh, uh, by the way, Brendan, is it Eileen uh, for this update? I got confused there. Just It is Eileen, yeah. Let's get into a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.